amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're more than halfway done. The week is almost over. You've done more work than you need to do so far. Be happy about that. What's up, MMA Torch? We're just sitting here, June 5th, 2019, a couple days away from UFC 238, and I am Robert Vallejos, host of this, the MMA Torchcast. Every day, a news and notes wrap-up of what's going on in MMA. And if you want to get in on the conversation with me, send me an email, mmatorchcast at gmail.com. That is MMA. T-O-R-C-H-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Now, today was a day with a few media scrums for some of the fighters from UFC 238, but not a terribly newsworthy day. We kind of broke our streak of retirements. There were no retirements in MMA today, as far as I know, but there's still a couple of hours left in the day, especially here on the uh, Western time zone. So we could get another retirement before we go to bed, but... I think we're safe to say that today will be a day without retirements. So given that there wasn't a ton of news to recap, I decided we'll do something different for today's show. Now, on Saturday, we have, of course, a bit of a historical pursuit when Henry Segudo faces Marlon Marais. Yes, they are going for an interim, not an interim title, bad, bad word, shouldn't be saying that. They're going for a vacant title, I stand corrected, the vacant bantamweight title. And one individual in that fight, Mr. Henry Seguro, is currently the UFC flyweight champion. And yes, I know we don't even know if flyweights are still a thing or whatever. It's he'd, He'll be a double champion if he wins this fight. So this double champ thing, though, this is a relatively new phenomenon within the UFC. Uh, people in other organizations have achieved double champion status. You know, you think of a guy like Dan Henderson that's done so a little awkwardly, but he has done so in Strike Force, and you had BJ Penn kind of almost do it back in the day. So it has happened before, but it's a relatively rare occurrence and something that uh, spiked in the last couple of years. And there's one person we can credit that with, and that's Mr. Conor McGregor, but we'll talk about him here in a minute. So what I wanted to do today is kind of recap the last couple of years, and then there's an outlier that goes back a decade of the pursuit of the double championship and how that's gone and kind of just take a look back at what all that's been throughout the years because we might have history again and the more times we keep saying history it feels like we're getting further and further away from it being something special and not that it's not a major accomplishment it absolutely is but it's something that everybody who is attaining championship status seems to go for and the results as we're going to talk about here in a minute have been pretty mixed. Before we start our little jaunt down MMA history, I do want to tell you to hit us up on Twitter. Give us a follow. 
and interact with us. That Twitter handle is at MMA Torch. That's at M-M-A-T-O-R-C-H. Let's get into our history lesson for the day. I don't have any cool music, you know, to, to make me like the professor over here. And I'm sure some of you uh, remember these fights much better than I do and, and know more. So, but if you do so, you know, hit me up, MMALivecast at gmail.com. Go ahead and correct me if I get something wrong. So the first one we'll look back on is UFC 94. Remember that back in 2009 on the Super Bowl weekend? It was a pretty big deal at the time when the Super Bowl cards were still a big deal within the UFC. And that was the case of that of the then lightweight champion BJ Penn going after George St. Pierre, who, of course, was the welterweight king right in the middle of his reign, reign, reign supreme. And this fight was such a big deal at the time. If you remember, they had all the hype packages leading into it. They had the UFC primetime show, I believe it was called at the time, where they were kind of selling it the way HBO with their 24-7 product. Of course, they don't even do boxing anymore, so I guess all that's a bit antiquated, but I digress. Now, you remember how this fight went. You had the stoppage in the in between the fourth and fifth round, the doctor stoppage, GSP getting the victory. So BJ Penn was not able to become a double champion at the time, which I'm sure was a... Let's read what then MMA Torch Editor-in-Chief Jamie Pennick had to say about this card on the night that it happened. It's actually about this fight, more exactly. He went ahead and gave it a four-star rating, which is pretty awesome. He said this, With all of the hype and all the accolades being thrown onto this fight, it absolutely lived up to the hype. George St. Pierre cemented himself as quite possibly the best fighter in the UFC. Once the Elvis fight is over, GSP Anderson Silva needs to happen. If BJ would have been more competitive in the final three rounds of this straight up, this straight up would be a five round fight. I expected a bit more from Penn, but GSP was on another level and didn't even let Penn get a chance to do anything. That was absolutely incredible dominant performance from the welterweight champion. Nicely said there by Jamie Pennick on that night. And it's amazing that uh, the one little nugget that doesn't have anything to do with what we're talking about, but remember how the GSP Anderson Silva stuff started way, way, Back then, and it only really died like a couple months ago when GSP declared himself retired. That was kind of always in the public consciousness for some reason. That fight, I don't think was ever going to die off, and I don't know if it ever has. Every listicle that's ever been written about missed out dream fights in MMA, that one's always at the top of the list. Does anybody remember, though, the Vaseline controversy that happened with this fight when Penn's corner claimed that GSP's trainers, his cornermen, were lubing him up with Vaseline to make him more slippery? And then... Uh, they filed an appeal, and they didn't win or lose that appeal. And what a weird deal all that was. Only in MMA can we have Vaseline be an issue that uh, gets adjudicated by a governing body. But that is the sport, and that's what we like to, to watch. And although there was after this there was a lot of talk about double championship status, it never really came to fruition. And I think the closest we really got and what kicks off this modern era of double champions was at UFC 196 in March of 2016. And that was where Conor McGregor was supposed to face Rafael Dos Anjos, the lightweight champion, Conor McGregor being the current featherweight champion. That's where they were supposed to face and Connor was in his initial pursuit of two belts. Of course, RDA had to withdraw. And on very short notice, Nate Diaz steps in, chokes out Connor. They have a classic second fight, and Connor kind of gets sidetracked for a couple of months. So that gets put on the back burner just for a minute until that November, UFC 205. At the time, considered, and maybe still so, the most historic card in UFC history. It was the UFC's return to New York 
after being banned there, New York being the last state not to have legalized MMA, and they finally were able to get it done. The UFC goes in with this massive card, massive gate. Remember how expensive the tickets were for that thing? People really complaining about that, but you had a ton of media coverage, a lot of positive vibes, and you had your biggest star competing for history to be a simultaneous champion. Conor McGregor still holding the featherweight title despite fighting twice since winning the title and then not actually defending it. Conor McGregor has never defended a belt in the UFC. Um, if you ask him, he would say he did. He would say he had held a title going into his last fight. But that's beside the point. What is what is the point, though, is that he went after Eddie Alvarez. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And this is one, too, where I don't think a lot of people were really on the Connor train for this fight. This was a fight that was, like, tailor-made for Connor to get exposed on the big stage and everybody picking Eddie Alvarez and Oh boy, was that proven wrong when Conor McGregor got the victory on that night. Let's read what our good friend Mike Hisco had to say about that evening. He said, As obnoxious as he can be about it, Conor McGregor has made history and deserves all the credit for making it happen. I was surprised by how easily he put away Eddie Alvarez. And it goes to show that what happened in March against Nate Diaz was just a blip and not the norm for McGregor above 145. This was beyond what I thought McGregor was capable of, and he's one of the most impressive fighters in the sport and one of the most significant figures in the history of MMA. Very well said by Mike. Very true. And it's kind of funny because since then, his star has not fallen at all, but his stock, I think, has fallen significantly amongst MMA fans. It was probably never higher than it was on that night, wherever a lot of the people who doubted him were really like, no, we need need to start giving him credit for being a good fighter. He's more than just a big star. He's a really, really good fighter. Because prior to that, the rap on him was, yeah, he's this massive draw, but he's not a terribly diverse fighter. He was exposed by Nate Diaz for his weaknesses on the ground. And so there was a lot of that coming at him. And he silenced a lot of that that night. Since then, he's only had two entrances into combat sports and he's 0-2 in both of them and pretty emphatic in boxing and MMA in particular. Now, this really set off the firestorm, though, if you remember, of people talking about super fights, as they were calling them, or dream fights, money fights. Remember the money fight era that I don't know if we're still in. I think they've kind of course corrected from there. But everything was going to be a double championship fight, champion versus champion. Remember for a minute, Tyron Woodley versus Michael Bisping for the middleweight title was booked and nobody wanted to see that even though they were claiming that that it was such a big deal so you had a ton of that going on and uh none of it none of it ever really made sense 
but it was the thing to do, especially as big as McGregor got after that victory, kind of being the the capstone, the uh, the apex of his MMA career. So all that really does go silent, though, in a way, as far as actionable things happening. But you did have UFC 223, where we had a near miss of from Max Holloway. Now, if you recall that week, that might have been the most wild week in MMA. There's been a lot of crazy days and nights in MMA. Think back of UFC 229. That might be the craziest night in MMA history. But that week in of UFC 223 back in April of last year was just about as wild as it could possibly get. And you had Max Holloway, who was not even booked for the card in the week leading up to the fight. It wasn't the Sunday before when Tony Ferguson, who was the interim lightweight champion, he ends up tripping on a production cord over at the FS1 studios. And, uh, you know, he was out for a couple of months. Like only Tony Ferguson would find himself in that situation. But it was like a great consolation prize because now you're going to have this great fight between Max Holloway and Habib Nurmagomedov for a lightweight title. And Max Holloway's on this amazing run. And he's beat Aldo a couple of times. He's the undisputed featherweight champion. And the morning of the fight the athletic commission declares that they don't want him to continue cutting weight and the fight ends up not happening. Raging ally Aquinta has to step in there and it's kind of a bummer ending to what had so much potential. Oh yeah. And the day before some guy threw a dolly through a bus, but we're not talking about that today. So it doesn't happen for max over there. And, and uh, that wouldn't be max's last appearance though, trying to become a, a double champion. He would find his way back to pursuing such goals you also have a couple months later at UFC 225, you have Stipe Miocic being challenged by Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier, then the light heavyweight champion, Stipe the heavyweight champion, having gotten the elusive third title defense at heavyweight, which we all know is so important in heavyweight because nobody had ever gotten it before and Stipe had got it done. So statistically, he was the greatest heavyweight champion in UFC history and he was being challenged by the light heavyweight champion. Now, this one is always a bit of a misnomer because people say, oh yeah, 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 I'm fighting my natural weight class, this and that. But for Daniel Cormier, it really, really was. You know, he moved to light heavyweight to avoid fighting his teammate, Ken Velasquez. He didn't, he wasn't there for a tactical reason when it comes to fighting. And I know some people will say, well, maybe he shouldn't be counted as a double champ because he's never been able to be the light heavyweight champion when John Jones has also occupied the same space. Be that as it may, the division needs a champion at times and as unavailable as John Jones was through that era, Daniel Cormier was always the undisputed guy outside of, of him. And at the time, we were in the middle of one of the great John Jones suspensions, so there was nobody else to be the champion but Daniel Cormier. And Daniel Cormier got the big win on that night, getting his hands all over Stipe's face, and something that I don't think was highly predicted. I think everyone thought it was plausible, but nobody thought it was actually going to happen. And uh, things have never been the same since. I guess you could say you had Brock Lesnar crashing the octagon that night for a fight that never actually happened. And now you have Stipe, Stipe, Stipe and Cormier booked again here in the coming months to finally settle this thing once and for all. But this time there's not going to be multiple titles on the line. Let's fast forward then just a couple of months to December of 2018, the very end of the year. Very end of the year. UFC 232, we had the return of John Jones on that card. But you also had what is, I think, correctly defined as a super fight between featherweight champion Chris Cyborg and bantamweight champion Amanda Nunez. And this was the big upset victory with Amanda Nunez taking out Cyborg and dominated her within one round, which is kind of 
a theme we're seeing here today. When somebody achieves the double championship goal, they tend to do it in quick finishing fashion. Whenever it doesn't happen for them, it seems like we have a bit of a decision victory and things get a little lopsided. So let's read what Mike Hisco had to say on that night. He says, that was a statement performance of I've ever seen one. No one has even hurt Cyborg in a fight before, let alone drop her multiple times and then knock her out. Amanda Nunez is a double champion and the future of the women's featherweight division has to be in question now. Oh, it is. It is. We still don't know what the division is, even though fights have been booked in the division. So at least there's that. So it used to just be that the division really was a championship, not a division. Now, at least we have fights that are booked in the division, but the division is pretty lame and we don't know what's going to happen with it going forward. That might have essentially been the death knell in the division. And we're going to talk about that somewhere else too, where that happened. And that's always the risk. I think you run with these super fights is not only does it disrupt the order of the division, the number one contender gets passed over. All that stuff is true, but in shallow divisions, it kind of feels like if the, if the champion is a champion in another division with lucrative fights and a stronger pool of contenders, there might not be a need for that division anymore here in a little while. We're going to have Amanda Nunez defending against Holly Holm. Holly Holm also has competed for the women's featherweight title on two different occasions against two different women, but they're going to contend this thing at bantamweight. So what is the future of feather women's featherweight? Nobody really knows. And if you ask Dana White, I'm sure he'll give you some really, really weird answer. How about what we had earlier this year? The first ever card on an ESPN platform on ESPN plus Henry Suguro and TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw somehow, and maybe we know how, cutting weight to get down to flyweight to take on Henry Seguro. Henry Seguro coming off his monumental win over Demetrius Johnson. Henry Seguro fights this Saturday to become a double champion. Well, here's how he became a single champion. It was stopping TJ Dillashaw's pursuit of becoming a double champion. And remember you had that early stoppage, or claimed early stoppage by... TJ Dillashaw. Well, let's look at what Cole Henry had to say on that evening. Cole goes to go, Cole goes on to say, questionable stoppage, but I'm not mad about it. Seguro looked great and now wants to face Dillashaw at bantamweight. Benavides will want the next shot at Seguro, but really a rematch with uh, Dillashaw makes sense. And that was all the talk at the time that this fight would be contested once again at bantamweight. And it never happened because Dillashaw got that epic USADA violation and he had to go away for a little while and relinquish the title. So the conclusion to that is happening on Saturday, but not quite the way I guess it was all planned out in the moment. We got one more to talk about. We got Max Holloway's earnest attempt at Dustin Poirier earlier earlier this year at UFC 236. Now, this was for an interim title, but I think it was would have still counted. And you had Max Holloway dropping the unanimous decision victory to Dustin Poirier. Max Holloway looked good, but he looked a little bit out of his depth going against the much bigger Dustin Poirier. Didn't quite have the power that he had in his other fights, specifically when he had faced guys like Aldo and Brian Ortega. It was a great fight, but it had to follow a legendary fight between Israel Adesanya and Kelvin Gastelum. Still a good fight, but didn't quite live up to the, to what that one was. On its own, would have been a fight of the night. Let's see what Christian Moore had to say about this fight. He said, now I was rooting for Max, but this fight was incredible. These guys hurt each other so many times. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. And this could very well be the end of Poirier and Holloway at the top. They both took brutal damage, and Max, well, I don't know how he stood. Max got wobbled. God knows how many times he got a brutal gash and didn't get knocked down. Now do yourself a favor and go buy the replay of this show, the best two fights of the year so far. I'm exhausted and I'm going to bed. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to close it because that fight was good and uh, definitely has a rewatchability factor. It's on ESPN Plus right now on demand. You can go ahead and watch it. It's one of the more accessible ones because it just happened recently and it happened under the ESPN umbrella. So, you know, it's all there within your app. And that kind of does it for for looking at how these were pursued. I know some other ones were kind of booked, tangentially booked and talked about, but those are the real concrete ones out of the last couple of years. And if you've seen the pattern here, the double champ happens not by decision. It's by a the, in theory, lighter weight fighter stunning the, the other fighter. And uh, and that's happened in in all these ones. Even the one where T.J. Dillashaw went down in weight, he was one of the rare examples on this list of somebody going down in weight to challenge to try to become a double champion. And uh, and he got stunned early in the first. You had McGregor getting his in the second, but still a pretty early deal. You had the 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 shocker with Cyborg, and then you had D.C. getting it down pretty pretty quick so that seemed to be the pattern here whereas when bj penn and max holloway of course the bj penn one was stalled but as jamie panic said it kind of could have gone the the full five rounds without the stoppage and the poor a one there were times in that fight where you thought it might be stopped but that turned out not to be the case at all so as, as we could see these do happen but they seem to happen in a flash and this one going for a vacant title it's a little bit different because you don't necessarily have one guy as the champ in one division and one guy as the champ in the other division. This is uh, guys going for a vacant title. And if one of the guys wins it, he will be a double champion and we might see the disillusion of a division if Henry Segudo gets there. There have been some rumblings today that he might be injured. He said those are just rumblings. He is fine. But I think we're going to be on a pins and needles for the next couple of days. This card is much too loaded to stay together. So, and this is MMA something's going to happen. But if anything happens, I definitely want you to talk to me about it. Find me on email, mmatorchcast at gmail.com, m-m-a-t-o-r-c-h-c-a-s-t at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter at mmatorch, that's at m-m-a-t-o-r-c-h. Find us on Facebook, 
facebook.com slash MMA Torch fans and follow me on my personal Twitter account, Rob M. Viajos, R-O-B-M-V-A-L-L-E-J-O-S. And please, if you're listening to this, you've probably already done so, but maybe you just caught us kind of on the random, subscribe to the MMA Torch podcast feed. It's our own unique podcast feed. Got this show going up daily. Got MMA talk for pro wrestling fans and we got some other stuff cooking. So expect a lot of great audio content in your ear, but that's going to do it for me. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.